and welcome to Young Balanced Minds, a series of new podcasts where young people talk about their mental health and their experiences of using a therapy called cognitive behaviour therapy, also known as CBT. My name's Dr Kate Donoghue and I'm a clinical psychologist who's spent the last 25 years specialising in CBT with children and young people. I thought a podcast might be a great idea of inviting young people to share their own experiences of CBT, talking to them about what it was like to have CBT firsthand and whether it helped improve or overcome their particular mental health problem, whether that was panic disorder, social anxiety, low mood or a whole range of other emotional and psychological difficulties many of which we'll be covering over the coming weeks. Today, the focus is on low mood or depression. Many young people feel low or down at times, but if their negative emotions last a long time and are having a serious impact on everyday life, then it may be depression. It's one of the most common mental health problems, and it often develops alongside anxiety. Symptoms can include not wanting to do things that you previously enjoyed, avoiding friends or social situations, sleeping more or less than normal, changes in appetite and concentration, being self-critical, feeling hopeless, maybe wanting to self-harm, feeling tired and having little motivation and energy. In CBT terms, the young person with depression not only has to battle with negative thoughts about themselves, others and the future, but also with unhelpful thinking processes. So they're likely to notice information which supports their negative view and are more likely to interpret any information negatively and to get locked into cycles of overthinking, what we call rumination. Today, I'm talking to Gabe, who back in 2017, at the start of year 12, developed low mood in response to a traumatic experience, which left him not with post-traumatic stress symptoms, but with a depression which significantly affected his life and eventually brought him into a child and adolescent mental health service, where he completed a course of CBT treatment in 2018. So welcome, Gabe, and thank you for agreeing to talk with me today and share your experiences. So I just referred to a traumatic incident which triggered your depression. I wondered if you're willing to say a little about that incident and how you tried to cope with it at the time. Um, So I'd experienced a, a minor trauma, I would say, on the way home from school one day when a knife was pulled on me. It was a totally uh, unexpected and quite random event because I live in quite a safe, quite a safe place, and this sort of thing doesn't happen very often. Um, you talked about how anxiety can manifest alongside low mood, and this this happened to me. So initially, I felt quite anxious and paranoid for a few weeks, but then these feelings evolved into low mood, uh, despondency. Uh, feelings of tearfulness, and for for quite a number of months, I was struggling with dark and suicidal thoughts. I felt like this experience had taken over my life, um, but I was determined to get better. So I saw a counsellor for a while, but I didn't really feel like this kind of, their talking talking therapy style was for me. And feeling more despondent, but still with that urge to seek help, I got a referral from 
my GP to CAMS and, and soon after I started CBT with you. And um, when you said it felt as if it was almost taking over your life, I was just wondering what kind of impact was it having on just your day-to-day life? What, what did you notice? Well, I, I've, heard a, I've heard a quote before um, from somebody called Andrew Solomon, and it's, it links to what you were saying about rumination. Um, and he says that um, being depressed or having low mood is as if there's a lens that you're seeing life through. What it feels like is, in fact, the lens has been taken off and you're seeing life as it really is and it's horrible and everything's grim and there's un- sort of uncertainty and worry and uh, and everything's negative. So in day-to-day life, I was sort of thinking, I mean, I woke up thinking dark thoughts and then I, I spent the day kind of dealing with them. And so I felt like, being present at school was a huge effort. Um, and I felt like I sort of had to put on a mask of a mask to display that everything was fine when in fact when in fact it wasn't, and that was kind of hugely draining. Um and so by the time I got home I didn't really have energy to do anything rather than just curl up in my bed. Um so yeah, it had it did have a huge impact on me on my on my everyday life and my um mm. Yeah, just in every in every respect, really. Wow, and you were saying that that was going on for many months as well. It sounds quite relentless and exhausting. Yeah, and obviously I had days which were better and more hopeful, but when it comes in cycles and when you feel like you can never, you can never really escape the the low mood or the thoughts, and it does, you know, you do get quite um, you do get quite despondent. Sure. So you were referred to CAMS and, you know, prior to that you'd had, as you mentioned, some talking therapy with a counsellor. Tell us a little bit about the CBT and, and what that treatment was like and perhaps how, how it was different to the counselling you'd had. So because of the nature of what I was struggling with, I don't remember um, a huge amount um, about that time, but what I can clearly remember is the feeling that no matter how badly my week was going or no matter how much I was struggling with thoughts and feelings, all I had to do was get to my session with you, um, which felt like a safe space for me. The processes that we were going through made sense and I always felt like you had my best my best interests at heart. The most important thing, I think, was that I always felt comfortable expressing preferences and making clear what was and what wasn't working for me and I think the CBT is very versatile and you can tailor it to the needs and also the desires of of the client so I, I always felt like the conversations um, we were having were very open and honest and frank to perhaps dispel a myth it wasn't a case of going in and doing, doing loads of cerebral almost clinical exercises that's not what it's like at all the cb the cbt was subtle and to me it just felt like a very productive and constructive talking therapy which i can tailor to my needs on reflection i know it was um maybe a couple of years ago now but what what do you think were the most helpful parts of the cbt and what were the most challenging parts of treatment for you yeah i think i definitely learned some very very valuable things during my time in CBT, I think the most important thing is that I learned to be extremely in tune with my 
emotions and my thoughts. So I knew that when I knew ahead of time when I when I was going to start feeling a certain way, and then I could try and proactively um, assuage it by by rationalizing my thoughts and, and, and better understanding why I was feeling a certain way. And I, I learned that my thoughts were merely my mind's random concoctions. They were understandable, but but irrational responses to a traumatic event and, and not true reflections of reality. I think of it, I think of dark and intrusive thoughts um, like a tune that you get stuck in your head. It's just something that your mind's throwing up and it's not really, they're not as distressing as they seem. And life isn't as bad as your mind is trying to convince you that it is. I, I think you you highlight a, a really interesting point there, actually, about the importance of creating some distance um, from your thoughts. It's what we would call, um, well, distancing or decentering from our thoughts so that we don't engage with them and then start living out the drama of the thoughts. And I, I wonder if that's what it kind of felt like. Yeah, and I remember when um, I was... Uh, trying to manage some, uh, I don't know how, I would describe this kind of dark imagery that I, I was getting. You said to uh, imagine it like you're watching a, a TV screen and just see it as an image and then, and then step back from it and disengage from it and don't, uh, I suppose, don't humour it, don't entertain, uh, don't entertain the image and then you, and then you take away its power. And what would you say, Gabe, I guess we've thought about what the most helpful parts of CBT treatment were. Are you able to share what the most challenging parts of the treatment were for you? Um, yeah, so I suppose in retrospect, um, I, can, I can see obviously how my work with you was tra- completely transformative. I suppose at some points I was perhaps a, a bit impatient um, because the incremental and, and sometimes imperceptible improvements that I was experiencing in my mental health, which would ultimately culminate in me getting better, weren't always clear to me. And it's, and it's difficult to see those improvements when you're right right in the middle of it, um, and especially when you're feeling low. Um, but obviously, I understand now that it's a process, and it's a long process. It's not an overnight thing, and it, does, it requires commitment. One other challenge... Well, one of the perceived challenge was that I thought I might have difficulty letting go because obviously I was in I was in therapy for six months. So I thought that you think that you might have become a bit dependent on the therapy, but actually the point of therapy is to get to a point where you don't need it anymore. And I, I reached that point and I remember deciding that I was ready to move on and I could sort of detach or healthily detach from the therapy. Again, I I think that's a good point because one of the aims of CBT, um, and I think it's a very important aim, is to help young people become their own therapists um, and, and not become dependent on the therapy. So bearing that in mind, how much do you feel you are now your own therapist? I think I've got all the tools that I learned two years ago and I still use them so and I think I'm I think because of the therapy I'm more resilient and uh, you know it, it'll be it's easy for me to when I get 
you know, bad days, which I still get when I get bad thoughts, which I still sometimes get, or feelings of low mood, which aren't as persistent, but which sometimes do prop up. I know how to deal with them. And yeah, I know how to, I know how to use the tools that we nurtured over that six months, two years ago. That's great. Great to hear. But, you know, two years on, those tools are still helpful. You're still drawing on them and they're still making a difference. How do you feel you've grown and, and developed through having CBT? And where has it taken you since ending the work? Well, I don't know if you remember this, but for me, I knew that I, I knew that I got better when I went to Berlin um, on a school trip. At sort of at the end of year twelve, so it was it was a good six months into to my course of CBT, and we actually visited a concentration camp, and there we heard some quite quite distressing details about how people were treated and how people were how people were killed, um, and ordinarily that was exactly the sort of thing that would have plunged me into you know a week long state of unhappiness and low mood um, and intrusive thoughts. But I kind of noticed myself processing it healthily. You know, I felt sad, understandably, because, it, you know, it was very, it was a distressing and upsetting thing to, to hear about. But I, I wasn't um, unhappy to an un- unhealthy extent. So I think that was a real turning point for me. And then since leaving CBT, uh, I've become more and more passionate about the importance of people and especially young men opening up and seeking help when they need help um so i did lots of work in my old school to encourage this and and they've seen a huge increase in in students seeking support since then and for two years now i've been working for a charity called boys in mind and um, we aim to show that being vulnerable and being open is a good thing so we're we're combating um, negative stereotypes around male mental health with the view to ultimately reducing suicide Sounds like fantastic work. What what kind of stuff are you up to? Um, you know that charity boys in mind that you that you've just mentioned. What what have you been involved in over the last two years? Oh, uh, just countless things. So, um, boys in mind has a host of films um, on its website uh, made by young people like me, uh, featuring young people like me, um, for other young people to turn to when when they need when they need. Um, some help or some encouragement. Um, we also go into school, so I've done quite a few assemblies and I've, I've hosted a conference. And most recently, since, since lockdown, I've, um, I've hosted a webinar about, about male mental health, which was, very, which was a different experience, but it was very rewarding. Fantastic. Fantastic. And great to have that message, particularly to, to boys and young men, as you say, to open up and, and seek help if, if they need help and that it's OK to need help. I suppose linked with that, then, um, what advice would you give to other young people who may be listening to this podcast and even thinking about getting support for their difficulties? Yeah, I would, I would say that help is out there. So go and find it. And the right help for you is out there. So you might not you might not find the right thing for you straight away. It might take you a while to find uh, you know, a therapist that you click with or a therapy style that suits you. But don't give up and keep on finding something that works for you. Um, and I'd also say that 
I'd also say show your vulnerability because it is a great skill and it will help you enormously and it will help others around you. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Gabe, for sharing your story today um, and your very helpful tips and advice, which I'm sure young people who are listening to this will will find very helpful. Um, This podcast is called Balanced Young Minds, and it's just one in a series of podcasts covering a lot of the mental health problems experienced by many children and young people. I've put some links in the show notes to different resources Also in the show notes is a link to Boys in Mind, which is the charity that Gabe mentioned. It's important to say, though, that if you're listening to this and you are feeling that you're struggling, um, please reach out, get the support you need from friends, from family, or if needed, from professionals. We do hope that you listen to the next podcast in a couple of weeks' time. And if you have any ideas for future episodes please let me know by dropping me an email at info at bristolcbtclinic.co.uk. If you've enjoyed listening to Balanced Young Minds, please like us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, thanks for listening. Stay safe, take care, and stay well. <laughs>